worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. And we continue with the Kenny and JT show here on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Time to talk some Browns footballs. They get ready for their final game of the regular season this Sunday at Cincinnati. You'll hear it right here on WHBC, 1 o'clock kickoff. And joining us, as he has all season long, it's our good buddy, Scott Petrak from brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. Scotty, Happy New Year. Thanks for uh, joining us again. And um, Jeff Driscoll, Scotty, just like we all figured the final game, the starting quarterback would be for the Browns, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you say so, Kenny. <laughs> like it's, fitting, it's fitting for the season, isn't it? It really is, and I mentioned this to JT the other day. Normally, if I said Jeff Driscoll was starting the final game of the regular season for the Browns, that would have meant they're 5-11 and and they had a crappy year. It's just the opposite, though, right? And Kevin Stefanski pointed this out. We have the luxury of doing this uh, with Driscoll because of how well they've played, Scotty. How surprised are you that this is the fifth different starting quarterback, but yet they've locked up the number 5 seed? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the story of the season is – and it's not just the quarterbacks, but you can certainly, you should certainly start a quarterback, right? I mean, we've seen the stats, and they all get jumbled in my head. But right, they're the first team; they're going to be the second team to go to the playoffs with four quarterbacks winning games. Um, if they win, they'd be they'd be the second team with five starting quarterbacks, but the first team with five starting quarterbacks to win a game. If Driscoll were to win on Sunday, um, wow. it's just it's almost unprecedented what they're doing. And it starts a quarterback, and then it continues to all the other injuries that this team has been able to overcome, starting with Nick Chubb and Jack Conklin, and we all know the list, um, including Deshaun Watson, right? So um, the fact that they're on Jeff Driscoll, and, you know, like I think he can play himself into a backup spot. Like I don't think this game is meaningless for Jeff Driscoll, but the fact that you don't have to put Joe Flacco out there in the finale, and you can let your soon-to-be 39-year-old quarterback rest, that does speak to the fact that the Browns, as Kevin Stefanski said, earned this right. Scotty, I had to go back and look at the Arizona Cardinals game when the Browns beat him earlier in the season because he came off their practice squad, right? Yeah, they elevated him for that game. Okay, so Clayton... He didn't play. Right, because he couldn't beat out Clayton Toon. I don't know what we expect on Sunday, but at 1 o'clock kickoff, We've never been in these territories. We've never seen a game that the Browns didn't really, unless they were already mathematically eliminated, where they really didn't care about a game. Should we watch the Browns at 1 o'clock Sunday, or should we turn it on to the Cavaliers game? Uh, I, mean, I think you watch it. I think there's reason to watch. Um, I'm curious to see how Driscoll does. Like I mentioned, I think, obviously, nobody wants to see the backup quarterback in the playoffs, but I think there's a chance that he could go into the playoffs as the number two, depending on how he looks Sunday. Um, and Alex Van Pelt even mentioned that, you know, he's really athletic, Driscoll. Like, um, he had him at tight end. Him as a tight end, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he mentioned maybe he could take it part of that DTR role. And that, you know, that was only a couple plays a game, but maybe you see him out there and they run for a read option with them or what have you. Um, so maybe he plays a couple snaps once he gets to the playoffs. Um, on top of that, you know, there's not enough guys on the roster to just 
sit anybody, sit everybody. Right. Like I think Martin Emerson Jr. is going to play, and I think he'll probably be matched up against Jamar Chase for at least part of the game, and that'll be interesting. And then see how the younger guys are. You know, a guy like Ronnie Hickman, he could play. He could be your starter in the playoffs. Juan Thornhill's dealing with that calf. See how he continues to play, right? So I think the excitement level around the Browns isn't going to disappear just because they have a game that, you know, doesn't mean anything in the playoffs. I, I get that to an extent. You know, P.J. Walker, it's a hard luck case because obviously he was forced into playing there and he was forced into a starting role. But when a guy comes to a team – and he's only been here for a what a week or so. Can can he learn anything? Can he learn any of this playbook? Well, here's the thing. He comes from Arizona, where Drew Petzing is a coordinator, and Petzing spent the last like seven or eight or ten years with Stefanski. So it's the same system. There, Petzing is running the same system in Arizona that the Browns are. So it, Driscoll said it's like the easiest transition he's ever had to make. So right. that helps. He was with Van Pelt when he was in Cincinnati. Van Pelt, Alex Van Pelt was his quarterback's coach. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Now, you know, I've watched Driscoll play. Like, I don't remember. I mean, I know I okay. covered him in Cincinnati. He started a game in 2018. The Browns beat him. He came off the bench when Anthony Dalton got hurt in 2018 in Cincinnati. And he did a couple of things. Like, he ran for a touchdown. He drew a touchdown. Led a little bit of a comeback. Like, I don't remember. You know, I remember a glimpse of the right. But I, I don't know if I thought, oh, man, this guy can play. But he's hung around as a starting quarterback. But I think there's something there that kind of intrigues me a little bit. I love the f- he's a starting quarterback. But I think there's something there that kind of intrigues me a little bit. I love the fact he's athletic. I love the fact that he was a baseball player in high school. He actually, got drafted, I think, by the Boston Red Sox. Didn't play a lick in college. Well, that tells you that he's an athlete. And I also loved when you guys spoke to him yesterday because we got to hear the press conference and actually played it on our show. And at the end of it, where he says, "Hey, nice meeting you guys. It was outstanding." And you know what it reminded me of? When Josh Dobbs went to the Vikings and he's throwing touchdown passes to players, he has no idea what their names are. And I'm just wondering, I mean, this guy's obviously going to have a little bit more time, it seems as though, to maybe learn who his receivers are, or won't he? Well, it's interesting because we're not going to see Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play. I don't know if we'll see Elijah Moore. Um, they listed him as questionable. You know, he's trying to get out of the protocol, and then I think you can have a debate whether you play him anyway. I mean, even if he is cleared from the protocol. Um, Marquise Goodwin, I think they listed him as questionable. So it's going to be a lot of David Bell, maybe a lot of James Foshe, the third, um, Seth Tillman, the rookie. So I think that's who's going to be thrown to. Um, but, there, you know, obviously there's not much familiarity there at all with you know, with those guys. Right. In fact, it's three times. So, you know, I think that's certainly a learning curve on the other side. You know, you got Browning who's played a bunch of you know, recently for the Bengals, and I think Chase is going to play. Um, I don't think Higgins is going to play, but, you know, they don't have anything to play for either, but there's a lot of teams in the league that don't have anything to play for in the last week, and you still play right. your guys if they're healthy, right? So that's mm-hmm. where, you know, some of the imbalance is going to be. Scotty, we saw that Dalvin Cook signs with uh, Baltimore Ravens, what was it, yesterday or the day before? I can't remember which. Yesterday. Did the Browns have any interest? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, I haven't any, had anybody telling me that they did. Um, you know, there's obviously natural connection there with Stefanski yeah. from Minnesota. Um, you know, I think the Browns kind of like where they are with that threesome of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong Jr. Um, you know, if you brought in Cook, I, like, I wouldn't have hated that idea. You know, mm-hmm. I think you would add a depth. Um, and I, I always liked him. Like, I, within the last couple of years, I thought he would be like an MVP guy. Right, I thought he was that good, and he had some huge years in Minnesota. 
Um, I don't know if he's the same player, you know, the or the Jets had Brees Hall, but you know they still weren't even playing Cook. So I don't know how much he's got left, but it, I wouldn't have hated that move, but I didn't think it was necessary. Scotty Petrack, our guest. Follow him on a daily basis at Scott Petrack on Twitter. Brownzone.com is where you can get all the Browns information, videos, stories, uh, sound bites that you need if you're a diehard Browns fan. So make that one of your favorite pages. Scotty, I, I've asked JT this question throughout the week. I, I'm interesting or interested to get your input on it. Which team do you not want to play out of the AFC South, even though the Browns have beaten every team in the AFC South already? I think that's a great question, Kenny. And we had that, we were having that discussion in the media room this morning. Um, I, I said Jacksonville, um, and I got a little push. I got a lot of pushback. I, I'm still sticking with Jacksonville because you know, let's assume Trevor Lawrence gets healthy and they win this game, and it's Doug Peterson. And I think Jacksonville has some players. Right, Christian Kirk looks like he's going to come back. The Browns didn't see him the first time. Um, we saw what Evan Ingram could do. They have some pass rushers. So I'm going to say Jacksonville, but I, I think there is a compelling argument to be made for Houston with a healthy C.J. Stroud and getting some of their guys back. The Browns didn't see Stroud. They didn't see Will Anderson. Um, you know, their other defensive end, I don't think he's going to play this week, but maybe you get him. You know, maybe they get him back to the playoffs. So I'd say Jacksonville, but I don't think it's an easy choice. And I would say Indy would be – you know, because the Browns, I would say, send us to Indy, right? I just think it's easier. I think the Browns have the best chance to beat Indy. Um, but even that, you know, I mean, Gardner Mitchell is the most experienced of those quarterbacks, right? The Browns had a hard time containing him. I just think that that would be the easiest matchup, and then I think you can kind of flip a coin for the other two. Scotty, when we always talk about playoff experience, normally it has to do with basketball, and, you know, we want these young guys to be ready and have a taste of it. How many guys on this uh, roster for the Browns had a taste a couple of years ago when they made the postseason? That's a good question. I mean, that was four years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So the roster flips over pretty good. Um, I'll tell you guys. You ready for this? Because I, JT, I, I knew Scott. I was going to ask this same question. I counted twelve players, Scotty, that actually played in the last playoff game in 2020 against KC. Uh, Miles Garrett, Kareem Hunt, Joel Petonio, David Njoku, Sione Takitaki, Charlie Hewlett, uh, the long snapper, Harrison Bryant, surprisingly, Denzel Ward, Wyatt Teller, Jordan Elliott, Nick Harris, and is Michael Dunn still on the team? Yeah, he's going to start at left guard this week. Okay, yeah, so you have 12 guys, Scotty, uh, that are left over uh, from that playoff team in 2020. Is that a concern like JT is asking about here? Well, I would say a little bit, but I think what eases that concern is the guy that is going to play quarterback for you has started a ton of playoff games and won a Super Bowl. I think that's that's where the experience matters most. Um, And then, you know, a guy like... Delvin Thomason went to the playoffs with Minnesota. So then Smith has been to the playoffs with two or three of the teams he's been on, Baltimore, Green Bay, and Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. So they brought in guys that have been to the playoffs. So just because they weren't in the playoffs here um, okay. doesn't mean they don't have guys Good. that have been to the playoffs. Good. Juan Thornhill That's won it. Super Bowls. Right. right. That's a great point, Scotty. It really is. Um, and so, uh, and I looked at the coaching staff, Stefanski, obviously, Joe Woods was the D coordinator. Mike Prefer was the special teams coach back then. Callahan and Van Pelt were both here. So three fifths of the key guys for the coaching staff are back. And like you said, key players uh, from other teams that have made the playoffs are going to help out this year. Um, do you got, hey, do you remember who the kickers were, kicker and punter 
from that uh, team, Scotty? I was just curious, so I went back and looked that up today, too. In 2020? Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, if I, I had no I, idea. Can I take a guess? Yeah, the go kicker? ahead, JT. I, I think yeah. this is wrong. Greg Joseph, kicker? Yeah, it's not. It was. I thought it was Joseph as well, and I was wrong like you, JT. Cody Parkey was the kicker. Cody Parkey. And the Scottish Hammer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I should have known that. <laughs> Jamie Gillen was the punter uh, on that team, uh, you know, back in 2020. It's just funny because I, I, I was looking, uh, you know, for trivia questions for this weekend at the Browns backers that I'm going to do, so uh, I'm going to dive into some hey, of that. Uh, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say that's a great question. Uh, Scotty, what's the status of our kickers? Yeah. Yeah, Hopkins is out this week, and I would not um, – I don't want to phrase this. I would not get too hopeful that he'll be back for the start of the playoffs. Now, they oh, haven't put him on IR, so that means there's a chance, right? He's already missed one game. This will be a second game. Um, but I think they're hoping, but he hasn't kicked, as far as I know. He hasn't practiced since the injury on Christmas Eve. Uh, I talked about Horquez. He says there's definitely a chance he plays. Um, he practiced the last couple of days and a limiter this week um, was limited. They cut the other kicker from the practice squad, so it's either Bahorquez or they're going to have to figure out something to do and maybe not even punt. So I think Bahorquez will kick this week or punt this week, um, but it's not going to be Hopkins, and I don't know if Hopkins will be ready for the start of the playoffs. It doesn't matter because we're not kicking the ball anyway. We're scoring touchdowns with Flacco fever. <laughs> I mean, Scotty, we asked somebody this earlier in the week, and I want to ask you the same thing. Last Thursday night's game, and you're covering that game. How electric was that stadium? What was it like? Yeah, it was it was hopping. Um, you know, you guys know Cleveland fans, right? So there's all this excitement, and then I think there's a little bit of fear in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, is it going to go wrong? And <laughs> blow it, and right. And then the start was so good that that erased a lot of that. And then it was just a countdown. Like, all right, let's get to the finish. Let's not screw anything up. And they had the black field goal, which helped in the third quarter. I mean, they didn't do anything on offense um, in the second half. But they did enough, and then it just kind of built toward, uh, you know, that finish and that celebration. And, you know, it's kind of still going on, right? Because now you have a long time to enjoy before you start getting nervous about that first-round playoff game. Scotty, I was doing, you know, a deep dive into the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Um, and uh, I, I saw this stat where Flacco, 13 touchdowns with him, right? Throwing the football for the Browns, fantastic. But also nine turnovers that are Flacco's turnovers, interceptions or fumbles, which is an awful lot in five games, almost two a game. Can he continue to turn the ball over at that pace in the postseason and expect to win? Mm, that's a good question. Probably not. I and mean, you don't want to turn it over twice in the postseason, right? And and each possession is really important. And so I would say no, but I'm also not crazy worried about those interceptions. And it, it feels like there's a reason for a lot of them. Like the first one he threw in, in, against L.A. is a fourth quarter. He got too greedy, and it cost the Browns. Like that was a bad interception. Now, right. you know, the one he – like if you look at the ones against the Jets, he threw that deep corner route to Marquise Goodwin – and, you know, he's taking a shot, and the guy made a good play. He understood it a little bit. Like, I think that's going to happen when he throws that deep that often. Um, in Houston, you know, he throws one of the – or that was in Houston, I'm sorry. And then the second pick in Houston was they didn't have a kicker, so he has to throw it in the end zone, right? So, like, right. he can erase that one because he wouldn't have thrown that pass. Uh, okay. And even, so even the one against the Jets, that guy made an unbelievable play. Jermaine Johnson, Flacco sees him, pump fakes, 
thinks he's going to have time to like reset and get it around him. And Johnson had like that NBA rebounder where he jumped back up so fast that he got a hand on it. Like that wasn't a bad read. I don't think it was a bad decision. I just think the guy made a crazy play. And then a couple other ones were said to him and ran the wrong route. So like I don't feel like Flacco's making a ton of bad decisions. So uh, that makes me feel better about it. And they're so explosive that uh, that's just part of it when you're that explosive as a quarterback, as an offense. So, no, I mean, if they turn it over two or three times, it's going to be tough. But I'll tell you what, they're turning over a league high, and they're still winning games. So they could still do that in the playoffs, but obviously you don't want that to happen. Do you believe that Flacco is playing with house money? That he doesn't feel any pressure, Scotty, because nobody wanted him. Okay, I'm going to go to Cleveland. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, it wasn't supposed to. So it's not going to hurt my legacy or, or my career, and I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. So he's just going out there and not even thinking about negative things and just going out and having fun. Do, do you get that feeling from him or no? Just a little bit. Because like, he got asked a, a similar question, and he said, he goes, I'm not going to like totally deny that. He goes, but when you're in the moment, you're not thinking. like Those thoughts don't go in your head, right? Like, hey, this doesn't really matter. You're trying to win the game. There's press on you to win the game. You're trying to, you know, look good for your teammates, play well for your teammates. So I think maybe subconsciously there's just this freedom about him, right? And that probably carries over to game day. But, you know, we just, I was part of a small group that sat down with him this afternoon, and, you know, we asked him all kinds of questions, and you got to you know, kind of look behind the curtain a little bit. And he's obviously relishing this. Um, this moment in this ride. But one of the things that stuck with me is he always thought he could play. So even when the numbers weren't great the last few years and, you know, he wasn't on a team until November when the Browns called, like it never left him that he could play. So I feel it's more like a, like a, kind of almost like a redemption. And not that he's proven people wrong, but a little bit of that. You know what I mean? Like a vindication. Like, hey, I knew I could play. I don't know why everybody else didn't think I could play. And I'm showing everybody, and I think there comes some pressure with that and the fact that you want to keep that ride going because he's not going to be done at the end of this year. He wants to keep playing. Scotty, he's proven me wrong. I didn't think he could play. I was, uh, like, dead set against signing him. I wanted Nick Foles or anybody. He was 3-14 and 14 in his last 17 starts, so I think that's why his phone didn't ring. Now, was he on bad teams? Maybe that was part of it. But still, I, he has surprised the hell out of me uh, to this point and proved me wrong. Where were you when they signed him? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I saw the same stats you did, right? But I did, I did remember how he looked in Week 2 last year when he came back yeah. to the Browns with the Jets, and he threw it well. Right, so I, I like that aspect of it. I liked it. I knew he could still throw it. Like I felt comfortable in that aspect of it. Now, you know, you know, you see the win loss record, and you go, okay, well, he must be done, right? And why hasn't he had a chance to start? He's been with bad teams and really hasn't been the starter. And that's one of the things we talked to him about this afternoon. And he pointed out that it's not all about the quarterback, and that he felt like as bad as that record was, which say three and fourteen. Yeah. That he thought he played well. And he pointed to a game. He started the last game for the Jets last year in the, the season finale. And they scored like six points. And the stats weren't bad. He goes, put on that tape. He goes, I look, he goes, I played well. So I think there's that aspect of it where, you know, we see the, we see the final score. We see the record. And you go, oh, he must be done. He hasn't been a full-time starter in, you know, since Lamar took over, really, the next year in Denver. I think 2019 he started the season then. 
since then he's almost I mean, he's been a backup most of the time. And I don't think that's the full picture, but I do think the rest of the league kind of thought that that's who he'd become, right? And yeah. this guy's over the hill, and he doesn't have it anymore, and he's the guy kind of fighting that, going, no, that's not true. I still have it. And obviously these five games certainly look like he still has it. Scott Petrak, our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. Scotty, let's go elsewhere uh, in the AFC. Baltimore's the number one seed. We've seen them the last two or three games, not just win games, blow teams out right now, okay? But they're a little dinged up, and they're going to sit some guys this weekend as well. Do you see them still as the team to beat in the AFC, or is there somebody else uh, you feel is on, on their level or maybe even better? No, I don't think it's close, Kenny. I think it's Baltimore, and I think there's a, and I think there's a gap. And then I think you put the Browns, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Dolphins, depending on how healthy they are, I think you throw them into the second tier. Um, and then I would say, like, the AFC South Camp and whoever the other wild card is, right? Whoever the two right. wild cards are, Steelers slash the other AFC South team, whoever that is. Um, I, I think then they're, like, the third tier. So, yeah, I, I think it's Baltimore. I think they're a prohibitive favorite. That doesn't mean they can't be beaten. I just think they're really good. Lamar's playing at an unbelievable level. Um they got a really good defense, right? They can run it. Um, they can throw it. They got guys coming off the bench. So, yeah, to me, it's them. And then I think every other team is vulnerable. Like, Miami looks so good for a lot of this year. Um, but you see cracks in their armor. Kansas City, obviously, is not the same team or has not played like, you know, the Super Bowl champ that it's been. So, you know, I think the Browns are right there with everybody else. But I do think there's a gap to Baltimore. Now, it doesn't mean the Browns can't beat them. But I think if you're, you know, kind of, Handicap in the race, that's how I would see it. Where do you put Buffalo? Because I, I see yeah. them, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of us thought, I was one of them, hey, this is a team that could challenge for the AFC and play in the Super Bowl. Then it was like they got no chance. And now nope. all of a sudden, even though some of the games have been close, here they are with a win on Sunday, and they're the, uh, you know, divisional champs. Yeah, they jump they jump up to the 2 seat right? And a couple yeah. ago, they were outside looking in the, the whole playoff race. I'm with you, Kenny. I, I think I had him winning the Super Bowl, or at least going to the Super Bowl uh, okay. in my preseason picks. And then you saw that dip, and it felt, you know, McDermott was under fire for a bunch of stuff. Like It just felt like things had kind of run their course, but they figured it out. Now, I you know, I haven't watched them super close, right? But, you know, so I, I you know, I feel like they're, they're playing close games. They don't blow out New England. That's not a great sign, but they still win. Um, I, I think they're a scary team, right? I don't think they're bulletproof, and I don't think they're as good as they have been the last couple of years. But I think with Josh Allen, and he get in and you get a home playoff game in Buffalo, like uh, they could be a team that makes a run and kind of comes out of nowhere just because they have a chance. Yeah, I, I you know what, Josh Allen, if he doesn't turn the football over, they've got a good chance. That that to right. me is same with Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, Scotty. When I look at those two teams. Those two quarterbacks are one and two, maybe one, two, or three in, in the MVP voting. But they also, in the postseason, ha- have trouble getting it done. If they can avoid the turnovers, uh, you know, I, I could see uh, them leading their team to a Super Bowl championship this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and it'll be interesting with Lamar. Right? It's been a little while for Lamar. He was yeah. hurt last year. Um, you know, they blew the number one seed in 2019. I mean, he struggled in the playoffs. He's just playing so well, and I feel like that's kind of a blip for him. Like I don't think that's really him. 
I don't think he caves in the playoffs, but he needs to do it, right? Like he's going to have to win some games in the playoffs to to answer that question, even though he's going to be an MVP again, right? So it's going to be interesting. Allen tries to take on too much sometimes, and that comes back mm-hmm. to bite him. But he can also take over games. So yeah, I mean, you know how the playoffs work, right? It comes down to a play here, a play there, yep. a dumb mistake, and you can't have your quarterback make those. That's a beautiful thing about the Browns, too, versus any other team. And, Kenny, you mentioned the fact that the the Ravens have been blowing teams out. This team, Scotty, let's face it, we're built to beat that team. Yeah. We went 1-1 one and one against the Ravens. You might show up against them in the divisional round, right? Yeah, you could see him. I mean, you could see him in the second round. You could see him in the championship game. Okay. It just depends on who wins. All right. Yeah, and that game will obviously be in Baltimore. And that's the other thing for Buffalo, too. If they can win the division, Scotty, forget Miami. They ain't doing doodly squat on the road uh, and with that defense. And Buffalo's used to playing in cold weather, uh, so that would benefit them as well. And real quick, the music's playing 30 seconds. San Francisco, the the number one seed out uh, in the NFC, no doubt in your mind? Yeah, I think be the favorite if I were picking. Um, I had okay. Dallas going to the Super Bowl before the season. I think Dallas still has a chance. Uh, but I like Kyle Shanahan in that coaching matchup. Um, so, yeah, I'd pick San Francisco, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that they get there. Okay, sounds good. Hey, Scotty, great work. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll talk again next week, buddy. Thanks for joining us, and Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. Same to you. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.